In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Welcome everyone to another episode of Underdog. We have some two amazing guests here with us, Wayne and Sharon. Gilbert. Hey, Pamela. Oh, hey, how you doing? Doing how great, doing awesome today. So we've got these two rock stars here. I can't <laughs> wait to hear their story, their underdog story, both of them. Pretty amazing. Very much enjoyed the conversation so far with the both of you. And I can't wait for you to share it with the listeners. So if you could give me a little bit of background on sort of your story and sort of how, where you're at now, where you've been, you know, kind of give us the whole synopsis in a nutshell. <laughs> okay. All right. So where we're at right now. Well, let me start with where we're at right now. We are, we are fully transitioned to an <laughs> online business. And I say that because this was a big decision for us. We had been yeah. running a brick and mortar business for over 20 something years, right? A law firm and a charity. And at the end of last year, we decided that for our next season in life, as we're getting older, we <laughs> wanted to transition to a fully online business. You know, we're, we're going to be doing speaking, writing, coaching, just motivation. You know, just, uh, just how we wanted to spend the rest of our lives. And we're from Florida. I mean, that's where we were living for 27 years. And I remember our family and friends thinking we've gone crazy. You know, how are we packing up everything to move to Charlotte, North Carolina, where we know no one. But we really felt called to this particular area, only having visited it one time, right? yeah. spending four hours. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. it. That's it. That's it. One-time yeah, yeah. visit. One-time visit. Decision. It was a drive-by. We were, we were actually heading home. And I said, what is that over there? I said, that's Charlotte. I said, let's drive in there. Four hours we spent in the city. And I said, I'm going to live here. My, this is going to be the next place I'm going to be living. And so we decided to transition to Charlotte where, where we had no, no relatives, no friends, no, no, no one. But we felt called here. And I'm so glad we did, Pamela, because it was right before that pandemic hits. And all those people who were doubting our move are now applauding the move and saying how appreciative it was because, my goodness, if we had a brick and mortar business right now with staff, it would have been just horrendous. So yes. where we are right now, we're online, we're coaching, we're trying to inspire, to motivate, you know, try to lead both from the leadership aspect, spiritual aspect, business aspect. But as a bit of a backstory, we're both from Jamaica, right? Yeah. You can hear my accent, but you won't hear Wayne's accent, but you'll hear my accent. Sure. There's a, there's a weak, weak kid. I, I grew up in Connecticut. Connecticut flattens every accent. <laughs> I wasn't that. I wasn't flat. You're from all. Boston, so you can't say that. Yeah. Boston, we just exaggerate everything. No R's exist around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, being from Connecticut, I actually live right between Boston and New York. Yeah. So, like, growing up, you know, weekends are either, yeah, we're going either, you know, north up to, uh, up to Boston or south to, to New York. Both of those places have the... the you know, yeah. defining accents. We didn't, we didn't have any where I'm from. 
So the Jamaican accent, it superseded his Jamaican accent. Yeah. I wasn't that lucky. I came to Brooklyn. No, we love your Jamaican accent. Oh, never lose that. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I actually met here, but we were both from Jamaica. And we actually lived not too far apart. But about a mile about apart. About a mile apart. Never met Never met other. in Jamaica, yeah. But he came here when he was seven or eight. I came here when I was 20, 21. And we met a year after I got here. We married him six months after we met. Crazy, but um, you know, she found the man of her dreams. Not really, but he was persistent. <laughs> All right, see, that's another thing for your viewers, Pamela. Persistence, persistence based persistence. persistence. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what you yeah, do. Don't give, up. don't give up. But I am glad I met him when I did because, as an immigrant, you know, from a smaller third world country, Wayne really taught me a lot about the American norms and culture because he grew up here, he was in the system. We met when he was in his last year of college. So even though how I even spelled certain words, we're on the British system. He said, you know, don't spell that word that way here, it won't work. Uh, you know, like words like color and, you know, just the way we spelled in the islands was how it was done here. And even as I began my career with American Express, you know, Wayne really taught me how to navigate, you know, the review process, the corporate norms, the culture. So, I mean, he, you know, he was really an asset in my life at a very early age, even though I'm a year older than him. He likes older women. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, mama didn't raise any food. <laughs> he said he liked older women, so he was attracted to this older lady, me. <laughs> But he taught me a, a lot in our journeys in my in our early 20s. But yeah, you know, when I came from Jamaica, my first role here was the role of, you know, a nanny. I did it for two years in New York because I wasn't able to get a job because I had no U.S. experience. So every door I knocked on, it was like, nope, I need a U.S. experience. And I was a travel agent back home. So I was trying to get into the same field. And they're like, where's the U.S. experience? Where's the U.S. experience? Mm -hmm. so I ended up working for a two or three different families in New York as a nanny. And that is a whole story that Wayne wants me to write a book on, but that's for mm -hmm. the future. But that, those were some times, but there were some defining moments for me there. I learned also, I learned how to treat people and how not to treat people. You know, you can, you can make a lemonade out of lemons, right? And right. I, I chose to, to make lemonade out of my lemons. Um, every bad experience I had really gave, empowered me to think and dream of how this could be better. Because after all, I came here for the American dream, right? Right. And I wasn't experiencing it. But I knew it was here because I saw other people experiencing it. And there were people I lived, I worked for, it was experiencing it. So everybody experienced me, just empowered mm. me to dream more of what my life could be. That's so powerful. If I could just jump in there. And I think, you know, to kind of bridge it to now, now in our coaching business, we have the ability to transfer that knowledge to people who are going through the similar struggle, right? To right. say, look, you're trying to reach your dream. It's different than ours, but it's yours, right? right? And it's possible because we did it. Other people have done it. It's kind of like what you're trying to do, Pam, and highlighting those people who've come from such adverse backgrounds and situations that whatever is out there that's in front of you, it's overcomable. Yeah. So we try to, you know, make that point to, you know, the people who we inspire each day that it's, it's possible, you know, 
what's that famous uh, saying? The word impossible actually spells mm -hmm. I'm possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. What I find amazing, Sharon, too, is like you mentioned, you came here with $56 in your pocket. Yeah. Like, that's some fearlessness right there. <laughs> you know, that's like, you know, and yeah. some people, like I was saying, you know, when my parents came to the U.S. and they also didn't have, they didn't plan for it. They just, they just kind of did it. And uh, Wayne was speaking earlier when, when we were getting ready that, you know, you, you have to just stick your toe in. There's no, yes. like, there's no like, right yet you just keep going like you came here and you were just like all right what am i going to do no u.s experience okay all right if i can't be a travel agent what else am i going to do and you started knocking on those doors yes. yes sometimes people are like well you don't have a plan you don't have it ready you don't have this and it's like no you just you just go you yes yeah so i think innately you've always had that and that's like kind of your entrepreneurial bug in you but yes it yeah kept it kept it going yeah. which i find amazing i find amazing i just wanted to comment on that i thought yeah well you know i appreciate that you know my dad was an entrepreneur you know he was a contractor so from from i was five years old i was going on construction sites with him mm. I was writing rent receipts for him he had properties <laughs> so he taught me a lot early and he taught me to be very independent and i think too sometimes you know we we shun hardships right mm. i know my I, I know as a mom i try to cushion my kids from hardships which is a mistake now in retrospect because we came from hardships so you try to cushion your kids from hardship and they don't get that instinct, you know, to survive. When I came to New York, it really was a concrete jungle, right? And I had to survive. I had to survive. I had 56 bucks. And that was because in leaving the island, that's all you were allowed to take. That was the max. That was the lid. Wow. Because U.S. dollars were scarce. So you were only allowed to leave the country with $56. And I, was, I had some relatives here that I was staying with, and God bless them, I mean, you know, they, I'm glad they were here. But we know that after a while, you just have to kind of go on your own <laughs> because you, want, you don't want to be that family member who overstays, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, overstay your welcome. And I, not that I ever felt unwelcomed, but I'm, it's like being a, a bird in a nest and it's time to get out. So within a month, it was time to kind of get going. And so my options were limited. But I had to survive. So I did what I had to do. And I, do, I have no regrets. You know, simple things like the way how you set a formal table. Now, I was 22 years old, right? So I didn't know how to set a formal table. I'm from Jamaica, <laughs> knife and fork, that's it. You know, but with these families I was working with, it was knives and forks and dessert spoon and wine glass. And I'm like, oh my God. But all those lessons I used when I got into yeah. my own <laughs> and I was doing galas for my charity and I was doing formal yeah. dinners for my home, all of those lessons came rushing back. How to cook. You know, one family had me cook. Everything was from scratch. So I had to make barbecue sauce from scratch. But first I had to make the tomato sauce from scratch. I, made the bar I mean, and I thought it was hard then because, I, again, I was 22 years old. Yeah. But then I became a great cook, right? <laughs> <laughs> Very appreciated. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I would, I would say, you know, those, those hardships or the things that you see as a hardship in the moment, yeah. most of the times they end up being the biggest blessings. And it's hard to see that in the moment. I know your listeners are going through something right now, right? They're up against something hard. It could be a financial issue. It could be a health issue, maybe a relationship issue, whatever, business. But just to... Go, go through the hardship with the, with the idea or with the perspective that 
you know, what am I going to learn from this? What is this teaching me? What, you know, you know, in a gym, you've got to lift weights, you know, you see my skinny arms here, <laughs> but, but you've got to lift weights, you know, you got to push against resistance to build those yeah. muscles. And a lot of times, as Sharon says, we want to push away the resistance, but the resistance is how we really develop as people, you know, or as business owners, entrepreneurs, whatever the difficulty is in life. Absolutely. You know, when talks about the coaching, and it's true, it makes me an optimist, right? Mm. So when people come to me, I don't care what their problems are. I'm able to see what it could be how good it can be. Yeah, that's Because good. to me, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been an underdog, right? <laughs> As you would say. But I'm not an underdog right now. You know, I'm a, you know, I, I'm a victor, right? I'm not a victim. Yep. And so when people come to me, a lot of times they, they, they feel like victims and I'm not discounting what they're, what they're, what they're going through. Right. I, I understand where they're at. I really do. I understand where they're at. But then I, I said, let's, let's redesign your life then. Mm. How do you want it? Yeah. You know, and I always point them mm, to my that's vision a, that's board. That's a strong point. Like redesign too. your life. You have the power. Mm. You have the choice to redesign your that's life. Right. It's, that's a, right. it's a lot of it is It's your life, here. right? It's, it's yours. your life. You know, um, I could have said, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to go back to Jamaica because man, it's worse here. No one's going to give me a job. But I'm like, you know, I'm going to start somewhere. Let me start here. And so, and I dreamt. I, you know, I had my dreams with me. When I was cleaning toilets, I had my dream with me. When I was taking the kids out for a walk, my, you know, my nanny duties, I had my dream with me. I dreamed. When I was passing by Bloomingdale's in New York, I dreamed I was going to be in there shopping crazily one day. I mean, I dreamed, you know. And, and, and that dream came and true, it by did. It did. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh. It did. But you, you have your dreams, right? No one can take that away from you. It's like Victor Frankl yes. said. Even when he was in that in that in the concentration, in the concentration camp. camp, yes, they couldn't get into his mind, right? That's that right. was his. That was his That's territory. Right. That's right. And it's and we're not Victor Frankl, right? right. We're not. No matter right. how bad things are, we're not Victor right. Frankl. We're not in a concentration camp. Yes, our dreams may not be working right now. Our goals may be on delay right now. But we're 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 okay. We're yeah. walking around freely. So yeah. dream. If you're gonna dream, you might as well just dream and design what you want. So yeah, I always tell my clients. What, so let's design something that you want then. You don't like where things are? Let's redesign it. Yeah. Hey. You know, that's, that's so important, Sharon. If I could jump in there, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking about that, right? Mm -hmm. That it's in the mind, right? And your mind can be that prison. Yes. Right? Or your mind can be the, the, the open door of freedom, yeah. right? It can be. It's, 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 yep. it's here. You know, it, it's your mind. Yeah. Absolutely. And absolutely. And the thing that I love is like you took the past experiences that you had of being a nanny, which some people would be like, oh, it's just like a nanny job, right? Like it's whatever. But you you use those skills that you learn there and it helped you in the future. And it was absolutely. like, and this is what I tell people all the time too, is like just because you're not in your dream career right now at this very yeah. moment, whatever it is that you could be working on, just take some sort of job on because you're going to learn something that's going yeah. to help you down the line. <laughs> absolutely. Like when I used to be a waitress way back and a lot of people are ashamed of being a waitress or a bartender mm. or whatever. And I'm like, listen, that means you can handle pressure. That means you can multitask. Yep. means you can do all of these things. You know, and like in, in your case, when you were nanning, you learned how to cook from scratch. You, did, you learned all this etiquette. You learned all these things. But 
at the time you didn't realize how impactful it was, but then you're like, oh, what I learned there, there's a lesson. <laughs> yeah. in, there's always a lesson in something. And that's why yes. well, just go, just go. Yes. No matter what, even if you're not at your dream career yet, start something. It'll it's at least the stepping stone to the next level. Yes. You know, which I which I love. So I'm 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 just adoring everything that you're saying. So I I have a question for you with that. Sure. So what was like what was your biggest turning point, I guess you would say, that sort of made you be like, all right, I'm doing my own thing now. I, you know, I'm starting my own my own business career, that kind of thing. I think you mentioned it was the law firm initially. Yeah. 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 So after the, after I did a nanny job for a couple of years, I finally got a job with a Fortune 500 company um, with American Express. I worked that for eight years, and then yeah, um, starting in New York, started yeah. in New York, and then I transferred <laughs> to DC, and I transferred to Florida because when I'd gotten a job, yet finished law school, all this time when he's going to school on my dime. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I, I'm I'm paying it back every single day. <laughs> when I'm doing all this work. <laughs> when went to law school and you know he became an attorney and worked for a couple of years with a, a, a good firm and then we just felt like it was time to do our own law firm mm. and you know when you were talking Pamela about you know being a waitress and 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 you know having telling people to take whatever job is available right now what came to my mind was the word transferable skills right transferable yep. skills skills yep. are transferable if you look at it that way. So I had now the nanny skills. I had the American Express, which was a, a phenomenal company, which I did pretty well with that company. I, we had those skills. So we thought, rather than working for other people, it's time to work for ourselves. So we launched out into the deep, opened up our law firm, and Wayne went, 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 went first, and went for about six months by himself. Then I joined. And I said, okay, I'm going to take all of the skills I learned at American Express, how to treat customers, how to, you know, how to just be customer centric, really take all of that. And we're going to do law firms differently. Cause Wayne had said to me that lawyers are notoriously bad at treating customers well. So I, I thought we're going to be the difference. And so I came over to join Wayne and we just, we created a culture of just you know, excellence and customer service and empathy and, you know, community. And that was our, our turning point moment really yeah. was, was that right. Yeah. You know, you were working for a, a boss who wasn't. Well, you know, I was working for a big corporate law firm. So it was the typical big corporate <laughs> law firm, like, like firm kind of experience. Like a great, great <laughs> firm. But I think really more than anything else, which I want to focus on a couple of things Sharon talked about. The first one is self-awareness. Yeah. And I think that's what really, if you really got a shovel and dug down to the bottom of what made us make the switch from, I was working for the big law firm and Sharon was working for American Express, the big corporation yeah. and going on our own. I think it's a matter of self-awareness. It's like what Sharon said. Her father was a contractor. He was a builder. He was an entrepreneur. She grew up getting rent receipts for him and running errands and whatnot with him. And I was the same way. In my case, it was my grandparents who were entrepreneurs. And they were store owners. They had a bus company. They did many different things. And so I grew up with that entrepreneurial spirit just in me. And I remember being in that big law firm. And I remember having a conversation once with my mentor at the time, who was a great guy who was on the senior track. He's now a big uh, partner in that same firm 20 odd years later. But at the time, he wasn't a partner yet. And I remember we were having this conversation and he was... We're sitting back like on a Friday afternoon after work was done and we we're just 
chilling out talking about our work week. And he, he looks at me and he goes, yo, I would never do anything else in my life. I mean, I just love this. I love the environment. I love the way I can just have all this great support staff and this team and, and everything. I just love it. I would never go on my own. I would never, you know, I, 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 maybe we were talking about some other lawyer who had gone on his own. He was like, I could never do that. And I remember kind of nodding along with him and smiling, but I remember thinking in my own mind at a time, like, gee, I, I don't really agree with that. Like, mm. I can't wait for the day when I could kind of go on my own. And it was the first time it kind of dawned on me that I was probably going to go on my own. Yeah. Not for anything, not because the firm was bad or because the boss was tough or anything. Mm -hmm. Just because that's just the way God wired me to mm -hmm. be an entrepreneur. That's the way God wired Sharon. And so at some point, that wiring was going to come together <laughs> and we were going to explore that. And I think our family background, you know, the, the influence like you, your parents were entrepreneurs. They owned a restaurant and you grew up in that environment. I think that just came home to shape our ultimate decision that, you know what, we're going to take a chance. We're going to bet on ourselves and we're going to, we're going to go for it. Pamela, can I just jump in? You know, when Wayne talked about that, that lawyer who said he could And he's still there. Yeah, yeah, to this day. Yeah. To this day, yeah. right? It just, it reminded me of, of people, right? You know, cl potential clients. There's no right or wrong. That's right. Right? If you want to be an entrepreneur, wonderful. That's how you're worried. And if you want to be what I call an intrapreneur, yeah. wonderful. If you just want to, if you want to be a corporate person, that's fine. You have to know. You've got See, to know. That's not everyone's right. worried to be an entrepreneur, but yes. that's a whole different mindset, right? It's a mindset. You know, Wayne's mindset was, no, I want to be independent. I want to call my own shots. That guy's mindset was, no, I want to have support. I want to have, you know, community. I don't want to bear any risks. And so there's no right or wrong. Not everyone has to be an entrepreneur. Right. You just have to know who you, who are. you are. That's right. And that's why so many businesses fail. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because you're, you're trying to be someone else. Not. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur. You know, so as you were, you were talking about it, I was thinking about all the people I do discovery calls with. And I'm like, are you sure you want to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. Because the mindset has to be there to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. And you got to keep going. You got to keep yes. going all the struggle. I mean, I'm sure you both, when you started the firm, you started with nothing and built it one client at a time. Right. That's and everybody's like, right. oh, I'm starting my own law firm. I can hear a hundred clients. Woo! You know? <laughs> yeah, we wish. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah. You, start, you, you had to build it little by little. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Pamela. My first client was a guy with a $250 retainer and met me around my kitchen table. I didn't even have an office. He came to my house, came wow. to my house, sat at my kitchen table, wrote me a, a check for 250 bucks to help him on a case. Mm -hmm. And that's how we started. That's it. We had a Hewlett Packard. Back in the day, there was actually a company called Hewlett Packard <laughs> uh, Computer, <laughs> refurbished computer that we bought. And um, that's- tax return. Yeah, with a, with a tax return, because you know, <laughs> we didn't have any money to start. And that's how we started, 250 bucks. and. Within, I'm going to say, 30 months, mm -hmm. we were over a million dollars in revenue. God bless you. Yeah. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I just got chills. That's God yeah. working right there. Don't yeah, you yeah. And, that, that's honest. and that, that gentleman passed away. And I, I, you know, I'll always uh, remember him as the first guy who believed in me and showed up at my house and wrote me a check for us to get started. <laughs> Love that. Oh, my God. With all that being said, sort of, so you've talked a little bit about where you're at now. So what's the future looking like for 
Yeah. Most exciting thing. Looking awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I, I'd love to see, you know, on the Purpose Center Leadership Center, what we do is yeah. I, I call it the Purpose Center Leadership Institute, where I want to really marry nonprofits and corporations. I want to train nonprofits to be better leaders. You know, yeah. that's I have a you know big background in that. And I want to encourage corporations to continue to support nonprofit, support yeah. their work. I think it's a win-win. Yes. Corporations get to do something that's purposeful and nonprofits deliver to the community, you know, so everyone's helping the community to win. So that's, that's one of my dreams down mm-hmm. the line. Right now, we're just doubling down with coaching. I'm loving that. We, we have some masterminds coming up mm-hmm. and I just, I just love to see people grow. I feel like, you know, yes. you owe it to yourself to invest in yourself. You owe it to yourself to grow. You know, as long as mm. you have breath, you have life. That's right. When I get up in the morning, I say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I am going to rejoice and be glad in it. It's a choice. Yes. It's a choice. I could choose not to. The world is still having a pandemic currently. Mm. The news is horrible. The economy is kind of weird. Mm. But I will rejoice and be glad in it. And how am I going to spend today? And it's all based on what I value, all based on our belief system, but it's still all based on your, a choice you're going to make and a yes. decision you're going to make. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's always coming back to you. Always you know, one of my favorite you. things, you know, we talked earlier about my uh, uh, avocation as a preacher. <laughs> and one of the things I always say to people is like, look, man, we got to draw a circle around ourselves. You know, like, let's draw it around me first. And then if I can draw a circle around me, I might not be able to change the economy. I might not be able to change my neighbor across the street or even my wife sitting right beside me, right? But I can change me, my attitude, my response, how joyful I'm going to be, my reaction to the adversity or to, I don't know, maybe even something that's undeserved, right? That comes in my direction. I'm in charge of me. And so I could always make those choices. Right. Absolutely. And that's going to lead me into my last question. For yes. You. I can't wait to hear. What would be your biggest piece of advice based on your journey and your experience? Yeah, I'll let you go first. Though. Well, my biggest piece of advice is, well, believe in making lemonade out of lemons. Um, <laughs> you know, life throws you these curves. I don't care who you are. Yep. You're going to get to a place you know, even if you're doing well right now, there's going to come a time when you're going to get to a place of hard, Mm. of hard, push through the hard, you know, um, keep a, keep a clear vision for yourself, you know, of really what you're aiming for and push through the hard. A lot of times, you know, we, we give up too soon. And I always think about that story I've heard about the Eskimo who died right near his igloo, you know, (laughs) pushing through (laughs) so hard. And then right uh, you know, right. three feet point, from three gold, feet yeah. from gold, yeah. you know, gave up. Right. And so don't give up. And it's not, it sounds cliche, but I have to get up. and make a decision every morning. I'm going to do, I'm going to win today. I'm going to be in gratitude today. Right. You know, I'm, I, I'm just making that choice for myself today and don't live too far out into the future. Mm. You know, and I, I always say this to people, right. The same. Thinking about the past creates depression. Thinking about the future too much creates anxiety. Don't live too far yep. out into the future. You yep. know, we can't control that. We can only control the now. 
what we have now, our thoughts now, our decisions now, we can only control the now. So while we want to plan and design the life, don't get, become anxious about how, how it's going to turn out because we have no idea. Right. A phone call today could change my life yep. in either direction. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I have no control over that phone call. Right. So let's just stay in the now. Make yeah. lemonades out of lemons. Push through. Stay in the now. Don't get too anxious. That's why they call the present a present, right? That's yeah, right. that's right. It is. Ah, I love our, it. It's our yep. gift. That's yep. right. Yep. And um, I would say, Pam, uh, my word of advice to your uh, listeners would be bet on yourself. Just three words. Bet on yourself. Just bet on yourself. Believe you can make it. You know, each and every one of us, I believe, was born with at least one gift, mm-hmm. at least one thing to offer to the world. Yep. And we tend to look at everyone else and worry about their gifts or what we don't have. You know, we spend a lot of time thinking about we, what we're missing. Like, oh, I was born in a third world country, so I'm missing maybe healthcare and maybe better roads and I'm missing this and that. <laughs> but let's look at what you do have. Mm-hmm. And I believe each and every person was, was, was gifted something. So bet on that gift. Find out what that gift is and give it. And it could just be the gift of kindness. Mm-hmm. It could just be like empathy to care, you know, but whatever that gift is, it, you don't have to be a genius at business or, you know, the, the biggest uh, politician or the biggest artist or musician or whatever. Mm-hmm. You may have a, a, just a, a, what people would call a, a small gift, but just bet on that gift. Bet on yourself. A lot of your listeners right now are probably fearful about maybe taking a step yep. because it requires they're going to have to believe in themselves or mm-hmm. they're going to have to do something they've never done before. They're up against something they've never seen before. I would just encourage them to just, just believe in yourself because even if you fail, even if you take a step and you fail, a couple of things is going to happen. One, you're going to learn something mm-hmm. and most likely you're going to figure it out. Like we said earlier, Maria Forleo always says it's figure outable. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, whatever it is, is figure outable and it's overcomable. So just believe in yourself, bet on yourself. It's the best bet you will ever make. I love that. I love that. And now for the listeners, thank you so much. Now for the listeners, where can they find the both of you? Social media, LinkedIn, anything. LinkedIn, LinkedIn, we're both on LinkedIn yep. and we're at SharonGill.com um, website, SharonGill.com, but we're on LinkedIn. Yes. Um, we're very active there, and um, but my website is SharonGill.com. Yeah, from the uh, website, you can find all the social all right. media links. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love so, so Sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N-G-I-L-L.com. Right. Awesome. Just want to make sure nobody gets it twisted. Everybody gets it (laughs) because they've got to find you. And that's that. (laughs) Clarity is very important. Clarity. (laughs) Well, so much. It's been such a blessing to talk to you both. And I love your story. I can't wait to see what you do with the Institute. I'm sure there'll be a part two to this and where you'll be telling me it's launched. It's ready. Yes. 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 I know you're dreaming it all up there. I am. I am. am. Thank you both so, so much. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. 
Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode. <laughs>